When you walk out of the room from a difficult conversation, that's when the potential for change begins. For the person who's delivered the difficult conversation, you've now got some follow-up work to do to integrate that message so that you can affect the change you're seeking. For the person who's been on the receiving end of the difficult conversation, the way in which you handle yourself and the way in which you behave from this point on in the immediate aftermath of this event will have a direct impact on your ability to be successful from this point on. This is the third in our series of episodes about difficult conversations. Hi, I'm James, and this is Paved with Good Intentions. When you walk out of that room as the person who's delivered the message, the most important thing for you to do is to go straight back to your desk, type up some notes about what just transpired, and send them straight away to the person you were just talking to. The notes should contain simple and concise notes about the key message that you gave to them, any particular, uh, particularly meaningful discussion points, and then the follow-up actions and timeframes that you discussed. The reason it's so important to write this down and get it straight to the other person is that that other person, depending on how aggrieved they feel or, or how frustrated and angered they are by this message, they're going to go through a series of uh, emotional and, and brain chemistry driven morphs of their reality and their recollection of this meeting. Right? They have got a mutable memory of this event. It's going to change. And what can happen is that as, you, as they go through that process of, of dealing with the emotional fallout from this, certain parts of the message and certain parts of the meeting will become distorted and you can end up with people getting fixated on something, some subtle thing that you didn't even intend in the meeting. But because their, their perspective is so distorted in, in the aftermath of this, they latch onto that and that can mean that the true message and the change that you're seeking gets lost. And so to counter this mutable memory that the other person has, the person that's received the message, make sure you get them an immutable record of what has just transpired. But keep it brief, keep it very focused on the facts, and make sure that your message resonates in there and that you cover the next steps in the timeframes you discussed. And because that leads us to the next most important thing for you as the person that's delivered this message. You've got to follow up and do exactly what you said you'd do when you said you'd do it. By having that difficult conversation with that other person, you've essentially put them on trial. But now as you walk out of that room, you're on trial with them in their eyes. Anything you do now that falters on what you said you'd do, or any failure to deliver on time or do exactly what you said you'd do without explanation, that's going to weaken your message and your credibility. Depending on how aggrieved that person is with what you've told them, they're going to be looking for any opportunity at all to look for a weakness or a way to undermine what you've told them. And so when you don't follow up and you don't do what you say you're going to do, that's those cracks that begin to form. And it's through that that your credibility and your message gets lost. So it's crucially important that you do what you said you were going to do when you said you'd do it. And if you can't follow up on those, let the person know that and, let the person, and explain to the person why, but make sure you do that before that deliverable comes due. And you need to remember that this is not a, a one-shot fix. When you walk out of that room, that's not the end of this. To actually get to the change that you're seeking or the outcome that you're seeking to enact here, you're going to have to revisit this. You're going to have to integrate this message. It's like when you roll out a new policy or procedure or a particular form of training. It doesn't stop at the training. It requires integration, which is an iterative measure of constantly revisiting that topic and making sure that you are actually seeing positive steps towards the change that you're looking for. 
For the person, for you as the person who's delivered that difficult message, the onus is on you to be, to do two things. First of all, to support and then to measure. And, and I believe that, that you should really be biasing towards supporting here, supporting whatever the other person needs to get to the change you're seeking and try and bias a little bit more towards that than just measurement. You know, I've seen a lot of times in my career when after a difficult conversation, the focus is just on measurement. You know, the, the plan will be rolled out and all it comes down to is the checkpoints. You know, have you done this? Have we done this? Have we seen an improvement here? But you've got to also look at what you need to do for that other person to support them. There is probably a lot of things you can do to help them on the way towards that change and that needs to be documented and followed up on just as much as the measurement and the, the check-ins and the milestones to make sure that this change is in, is in fact um, enacted. Now, if you've been on the receiving end of, of a difficult conversation, the way in which you carry yourself and how you behave from the very moment you walk out that door of the room will have a direct impact on your ability to be successful from this point on. And I think the most important thing for us to do is to be very careful as to whether we go seeking gossip or whether we go seeking solace from that point on. There is a stark difference between seeking out people where we're looking for a person that will agree with our point of view and will essentially uh, you know, validate our righteous indignation at this situation. That's unhealthy, but it, is, but it is a very natural tendency in these situations. When we feel hurt, when we feel like we've been confronted, when we feel like we are aggrieved by something, or that someone's done us wrong, what we naturally go and do as humans is we go and seek out people who agree with our point of view, because that makes us feel like we're right. You feeling like you're right is not going to help you right now. What's going to help you right now is you taking time to quietly process what's been told to you, and then when you think you're in a position to go and seek out advice from someone, knowing full well that the advice might be that they agree with the difficult message you've received, only then are you ready to start discussing this message with other people. And even then, you should seek out the advice of someone who you know is a trusted confidant that you can go to and you trust and believe in the advice that they're going to give you, even if it means that they, they validate the difficult message that you've heard. I worked with a manager uh, probably 10 or 15 years ago uh, here in Sydney who um, had a fantastic way to illustrate this point and, and around behavior in general in an organization. And he told me that you know, no matter who you are in an organization, from an individual contributor right up to a C-suite executive, there is always someone who is looking at you as a peer, there is always someone who is looking up to you as a role model, and there's always someone looking down on you as a subordinate. And when you keep this in mind and you realize there is always someone watching from those three different angles, you realize you don't ever get away with anything. The snide remark that you think you can make, a little water cooler discussion where you complain about this and that, and again, you look for those, those, those supporting elements, you don't get away with those. And it is intensely, intensely, um, you know, it is, it, 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 it's, a, it's a natural reaction to want to just go and vent steam after an event like this. But those, those little pressure releases that you do where you make those comments that you make the throwaway remark or you make the side comment or you have that sarcastic quip and you think you get away with it, you actually don't. Because someone else will pick up on that and they might be someone who's looking towards you as a peer to be an example of someone on their level. It might be someone who's looking up to you as a role model of, of who they want to be. 
and it might be someone looking down to you as a subordinate, as someone that is growing in the business. And so those throwaway mar- remarks can have a huge impact. They're like ripples in a pond. And so that's why when you walk out of that room, it is super important to first of all bias for quiet and calm introspection and processing of the message you've heard, and then only seek out advice from someone you trust once you feel like you're at the point where you would be comfortable and able to process the fact that someone else may well back up that difficult message you've heard. Now lastly, for both the receiver of the difficult message and the person who's delivered the difficult message, what happens next is is kind of interesting. If you've handled this well from both the side of uh, the point of view of the person who's delivered the message and also the person that's received the message, then what can happen now is a paradoxical increase in trust. And I say paradoxical here because you wouldn't necessarily expect that delivering a difficult conversation, especially if it's related to a performance uh, issue, uh, you wouldn't expect that to be the kind of thing that can increase trust between two people. But it does. But it does so only if you harness the vulnerability that is present in that difficult conversation. The news that you're giving and the message that you're giving is going to naturally make that other person very vulnerable. And so you've got to walk in there and match that vulnerability or even overcompensate for it. But doing so builds that connection between two humans. And what you want to aim for is you want to you want to leave that room such that the person who you've delivered the message to should in time appreciate the fact that you're giving them an opportunity to change and to grow. And what you want to do as the person delivering the message is you want to conduct yourself such that the other person feels like you've respected them and that you haven't attacked them as a person and as a character, but you've pointed out somewhere where they've gone wrong and what they did was wrong and not that they are wrong. I'm James, and this has been Paved with Good Intentions.